You are listening to the Indie Game Development Podcast Show. Visit www.indiegamepod.com for more podcasts. This interview is inspired by a quick meetup at the Austin Game Developers Conference. Okay. I'm at a Austin Game Developers Conference, and with me today is a special guest. How about you introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Ryan Jenkins, and I was uh, the student producer on Toybox Heroes. Okay, so what is Toybox Heroes about? Uh, Toybox Heroes is a uh, two-to-four player uh, fighting game, kind of in the vein of Power Stone or Smash Brothers, only you, t- you play as a action figure stuck in a miniaturized world and you're fighting other action figures and trying to become the king of the sandbox or the or the playground or whatever. And can you play online or is it like you have to play on the same computer? Or? It's, it's meant to be played online. That was one of our specifications um, from the Guild Hall, which is the school that had us do it, um, was to have it play online, but you could essentially what anyone was seeing on their screen is what everyone was seeing, so it was meant to kind of uh, imitate a console game. Um, so you mentioned the guild hall and uh, specifications. So can you talk about the development process for this game? Um, well, the guild hall is a uh, master's level program from SMU in game development and design and art and programming. And for kind of your senior project, we had six months to work in uh, to create a game in Steam. Like I said, our specifications, as given to us by the teacher, were. It needs to be played online, it needs to look like a console game, and it needs to be something that everyone's seeing the same thing on their screen. So naturally what we thought of was a fighting game, and our game designer came up with the idea of we were kind of allowed to do whatever theme we want, and we were trying to find a theme that would appeal to a very broad range of people, so toys essentially seemed to work for, you know, both you know guys and girls and just about every low, every age. And how many people did you have on your team? And did you add people as the project went on, or how did that process work? Um, we were uh, we were given teams like the entire class was divided into three teams. Our team had about twelve people, and if I think real hard, I can give you the numbers. But it was you know ev- pretty much evenly divided between artists, designers, and uh, and programmers, and. I mean, it was, it was students of all ages and kind of different backgrounds who'd all come together to work on this in this master's program, and we were stuck in a fairly small room for about six months just working as hard as we could on this, and it came out, I think it came out pretty good, so. Yeah, and what were some of the challenges that you ran into when you were developing? Um, developing a kind of fist-fighting fighting game on um, Steam Engine, which is, you know, originally made for, with the Half-Life 2 engine, where it's made for first-person shooter, was technically uh, hard to do. Once we kind of, we, we had a very simple design where it was just punch, kick, pick things up, throw them, and after that, it was kind of, let's expand on that very simple idea. So that helped, um, but the programmers the first few uh, weeks were very, you know, very confused, like, how are we going to get this to work? How are we going to, you know, how is this, exactly is this going to happen? But it turned out pretty good. And how did you go about, did you have to prototype the game or were you already given the gameplay or how did that work? We had, part of the part of the process of doing this project is to learn how a regular studio's development cycle works. So it, within about two weeks they said give us a prototype. So I don't know what would have happened if the prototype hadn't worked. But since being a Half-Life 2 game we essentially made a box world and had, you know, Combine and other characters from the game boxing each other originally. So after we proved that they said okay now let's just 
work with the art and how exactly we're going to have it look like a toy game as opposed to, again, combine boxing each other. And what about artwork? Because it seems really polished, and how did that process go? The good thing about doing a very small game like that where you have a very small arena is you don't have to worry about big levels. So the level art and stuff like that was done by some of the level designers if it was for the most part something very quick to do but we had a team of very we in my opinion lucked out and got the best draw on artists in the class and we had we had some great character artists and some great animators and they really really went for a very stylized feel we tried to do something that looked like everything was made out of plastic or you know a toy and kind of that little bit of that pixar stylized look they spent a lot of time looking at a you know, trying to get very specific silhouettes for each character so they look different, but uh, there's a lot of work put in that. And our team is, in, in my opinion, one of the highlights of the game. And were there, what, what were the other people doing? Um, was it mainly art than programming? And you talked about being a producer. Um, right. Else? Well, I sound or. Uh, well, essentially, it was just art programming, design, and anything else we needed for the game. It was who can do this the best. Like, for example, sound or voice work was. Uh, me and we had uh, one of the level designers who was very interested in writing so I said okay why don't you write some lines for us and she wrote those up and I just ran found students and was like okay can you sound like a, a superhero can you sound like a robot cow you know and they're like oh okay so we just try to put that together um, artists obviously I explained what they did uh, designers we had a lot of people working with level design um, in our game we got four levels and there were people prototyping how to do tricks and traps and laying out stuff in there and that was a lot of that and we have actually quite a few levels I got to a prototype stage but we wanted to focus on just a few so those made it other ones didn't um, the programmers of course are always trying to get you know things very fine-tuned and working especially when we would come to them and say we want to do this we want to have uh, items drop from the air and have a randomizer that drops weapons into the level and they're like well half-life doesn't do that and I'm like okay we'll do it anyway yeah and that's kind of what a producer does I tell people to do things um, no uh, I did a lot of the level design as well but I did also, my role was given to me to make sure things were on time and on target and stuff like that. So that was the majority of my of my job. So that's kind of how it works. Okay. And what were the top three challenges that you encountered while you were developing? Uh, um, well, number one was probably time since while we're trying the six months, and I think I'm kind of overestimating, I think it was closer to five and a half, that we're working on this. Um, the majority of the students were working on their master's thesis, those that weren't working on a certificate program. So in addition to, you know, now that I'm in the industry, you have nine to five days, then it was nine to five going to class, and then now you can start working on your the majority of your project. So long nights, that sort of thing was the biggest challenge. Also, doing something that really you know, wasn't the focus of the Half-Life 2 engine was also very hard, but and I can't think of a third off the top of my head Is that, are we okay with two? Yeah, and what, <laughs> what were the top three learning experiences that you had? Uh, obviously working with uh, people in the other disciplines um, this was the first big project we'd work on other shorter ones, three month projects but this one was one that we had a little bit more longevity to, I mean I'm not saying a six month project is a very long, long sure. project but um that working with other people, getting that project together and working, trying to find something that there were a lot of 
things we wanted to do that we thought were going to be great and really work in the game, and then it turned out they didn't. So we said, okay, well, I guess we have to cut that or trying to get like our point across and that sort of thing. It was really an interesting experience. It's hard for me to specifically pick three things. The whole thing in general was about learning how to make a game. So it really was an eye-opening experience. And now that you're in the industry, what what's different between that and what you're seeing in the industry? L length of time is probably the longest. Um, it's probably the biggest difference. I mean, because I'm thinking I've been in the industry since uh, April of '07, and looking back, I've I, if I was still going by the Guildhall standard, I would have made three games by now, and they wouldn't been nearly as you know as polished as working on long games. But it's just you you kind of have to concentrate more on it. It's, it's more of a marathon than a sprint. And this one, it's we need we have an idea, we want to do it. Let's try and do it. And there's a lot more leeway when people see our game. They're kind of like, oh, this is pretty good. But did you think of this or this? And I say, oh, we did it in six months. They're like, oh, okay. Well, that makes a huge difference. Whereas you're working on a big project uh, for you know more than a year, people don't give you that amount of leeway anymore. Yeah, and how do you maintain then? Or I mean, is it easy to maintain enthusiasm when you're working on these much longer projects compared to these shorter projects? It's like I said, it's a marathon, not a sprint. It's you have to take time off. It's important to focus, in my opinion, on. I try to at least you know for an hour a day uh, play something else, or if I can help it, go do something that has nothing to do with video games, just to keep that focus and kind of look at other places for inspiration. Um, luckily, I'm working on a project I, I really like right now, and that has really made it very very easy to you know move forward on something that's at this point three times and more than three times as long as the last project I worked on. Okay, great. Thank you very much. Thank you. That's it. Um,